episode of Wicked Huercas. This is your co-host Cece, and guess what, everyone? The main star is back. Dulce Maciel, how the heck are you? I'm great. I was on hiatus for a second, like One Direction, decided to take off for 14 months, but in reality, it's been 15 years. So yeah. So Dulce, you are getting to go to the Harry Styles concert soon. Are you excited? I'm kind of jealous. I'm very excited. I am shaking in my boots, in my uh, pleather boots. Um, I'm so excited to see him. Andrea, who is our featured guest for later, has actually just seen him. So I will be asking her all of the questions. I'm scared. I'm, I think I might puke, might pass out. Who knows? It's crazy because I Andrea saw it too. She went to the one in Chicago. You're going to the one in Asheville. It's a total fashion show. Do you have your outfit planned? I have an idea of my outfit and it's like inspired by the fine line album cover. I've got my white pants. I think I'm going to have a pink top, but I have put a lot of thought into this because I don't want to look too much like him at his concert, but I want to be inspired by in the realm of something different. So maybe um, I stand out a little and he just comes up to me. He's like, oh my God, you're so original. Please let's be best friends. Literally every one girl, every girl's dream. It's funny because we saw one, I saw One Direction twice. <laughs> we got you and Allie tickets to the One Direction concert and you guys were like about to cry. How old were you? I was in seventh grade when you got us the tickets, but I got to go when I was in eighth grade. So I was like maybe 12 or 13. And the picture is on your public Instagram. So if anybody wants to see that picture of me nearly having a heart attack, it is on a public Instagram. So my first year of college, I got, I bought a One Direction poster and had it on my wall. And so because of that, I became the One Direction person, I guess. Uh, that was like personality trait. And then so I thought, okay, freshman year, I'm done. And so the second year, I wasn't planning on getting a One Direction poster, but then everyone expected it. And um, do you know who got me the second One Direction poster? If you say Marlio, I'm going to end this podcast now. I cannot believe you don't remember. You got me the second One Direction poster. You bought me a One Direction poster for my dorm at this classic fair with your money. So the three years that I lived in the dorm, I had a One Direction poster because it just became tradition. But you bought it for me as a child. I literally do not remember this. <laughs> I did? I do not remember that. I just remember my own room being plastered with One Direction. I do not remember that. I think you might have made that up. <laughs> No, it's true. Well, we're going to have to ask Allie, uh, but it's true. You did. But, you know, talking about college and the fact that I had <laughs> One Direction posters in college, this whole season we've been talking about education and we've been talking about the college life and we haven't checked in with you. How's it going with you? Fall semester, junior year, rolling through still in the pandemic? It's a weird time, still very much pandemic-esque. I am starting to go through uh, my Frances Ha moment, which is what I've been calling it. Frances Ha is a movie with Greta Gerwig. And where I'm starting to question everything, I'm like, hmm. I literally don't know any of these people that you just said. Frances Ha is the name of the movie. Greta Gerwig is the actress in it who is a director who directed Lady Bird and The New Little Women. Anyways, icon, legend. So yeah, I'm starting to have my Francis Ha moment because I'm like, hmm, what am I doing? Do I want to run away to Paris now? What the heck is going on? I don't know what I'm doing. So that's my college update. 
So basically how I feel now as an adult, I turned 27 in just a few weeks. Tell me what you said about 27. Right, 27. So I initially found this out through the Disney Channel original movie, Hercules, but there's something called Saturn's Return, which is when you're the ages between 27 and then like 30, you have like a big shift in your life, whether that be, you know, a personal shift, whether it's in a relationship or you move or anyways, there's a huge shift and you're world kind of changes for a bit and it's known as Saturn's return. I'm so ready for Saturn, Jupiter, whatever comes my way. But yeah, college has been a crazy time. I think something that comes up a lot is mental health. Today, we wanted to expand a little more about that, about kind of the mental health issues and basic challenges that we get during college. Depression and anxiety is something that I see a lot. Dulce, would you say you have had depression and anxiety? Why am I even asking you? It's a yes. Tell us how it's been. Tell us how that has shown up. Has shown up? It's been here all along. (laughs) It hasn't left. Where do I start? Anxiety? Literally everything. Literally everything. Driving anxiety, schooling anxiety, great anxiety, social anxiety, every anxiety. Okay, but let's talk about driving anxiety. Driving anxiety is a hard one if you live in a place that has no good public transportation. I hate driving. I've been in a wreck before. I've been ran over. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, driving is hard. I was talking about it yesterday with my roommate because I told her about it and she was like, have you been in an accident? I was like, no. And she was like, is it the control thing that you can't control what other people are doing? And I'm like, I don't know. It's just scary. It's scary. It's so scary. You know, like when you have to merge, that's super hard. So I get it. Do you feel like you've experienced anxiety or stress more in college than what you did in the past? Absolutely. But it it's like different levels of it. It's obviously a lot more social anxiety than I was expecting. Um, I'm just a very awkward person and I can't make conversation with people. So I'm quiet like almost the entire day if I'm in class or something. And I actually used to be really good at like making presentations and stuff and talking in front of people. Believe it or not, me of everybody. But like halfway through high school, it started getting worse. And now that I'm in college, it's like plummeted. i feel like I have to puke and like I can't speak or if I start to speak I'm like to start talking really fast because I just want to get it over with and I don't even express my opinions or points the way I want it to just because I get into such a panic mode. Do you think that the pandemic has made it much worse like has heightened those things or do you think it would have been like that even if you would have been at the school every day even if you would have been socializing a lot more? I think it's both because freshman year I did in the first semester before the pandemic started, which was the only semester without the pandemic, I was presenting and I would start to panic, but I would like calm myself down in the process and be like, okay, everybody else is also doing this for the first time and is new about it. And I would just calm myself down. And I think because of the pandemic and because of being in such a little bubble and not seeing that many people, it just kind of heightened my awareness of like, oh my God, people are going out again. People can see me again. And it's, I think it's made it worse. One of the reasons why we wanted to uh, talk to Andrea, which is our guest, is to really get to know why it is that during this time of being in college or grad school, we face so many mental health issues. Our next guest is a Harry Style super fan and I think a therapist, Andrea Martinez Cabrera. Thank you for being on the show today and please clarify your title. Well, thank you, Ceci and Dulce, for having me. An honor to be here. And my name is Andrea Martinez Cabrera, and I'm currently a bilingual clinician at Association House of Chicago in the Humboldt Park area. And what it means is that I'm a mental health 
professional. I provide individual therapy, family, couples therapy in the area of mental health for people of different ages, uh, different diagnoses, different situations that them, that they might be going through. I'm waiting to get my license to become a licensed professional counselor, uh, LPC. So hopefully by the end of the year, I can get those extra three letters after my name. It's all about the letters. And I'm glad that you brought that up because, you know, to get to those letters, you had to go to school. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your college career? What did it take for you to get to this point? And um, where did you go to school? And what was that like for you? So I went to undergrad at Tennessee Tech University in Cookville, Tennessee. And my degree was in interdisciplinary studies with a concentration in health administration and psychology. I started first uh, as a chem major. I wanted to go to medical school. So chemistry was my first uh, major that I went in and then I took the classes and I realized, you know what, this is this is not for me. So I switched to biology and I also realized like, nope, this is not for me either. So uh, for those that you know, feel guilty or feel bad about changing their majors or don't have an idea of what you want to do as a degree, it's, I want to say it's okay. I probably changed my major like four or five times. It took me a couple years to graduate as a result. And that was because like, you know, as a, at that time I was as a student visa student. So school, I had to pay it out of pocket. So it was kind of difficult, like getting scholarships and making sure that I was able to afford it. So that was my undergrad. I got to a point where I decided I was trying to decide whether to go into the health administration route or the psychology route. And then and after working as a preschool assistant teacher, I realized, you know what, I do want to go into the psychology route. I went to graduate school here in Chicago at the, the Chicago School of Professional Psychology, where I got a degree in counseling psychology and concentration Latin mental health. And I'll probably continue to go on later on for a doctorate. Not right now, though. I'm taking a break. Yeah, the break is totally needed, especially for a doctorate. So you actually, you mentioned you went to school at Tennessee Tech in uh, Cookville. So you grew up in Tennessee, right? Tell us uh, where you were born, where you grew up, and then what it was like to go from living in Tennessee to Chicago area. So I was born in El Salvador. I lived there for 11 years and I was um, I was about to turn, I was two months away from being 11 when my family and I like moved to the United States. And so we moved to Tennessee in a small town in Crossville. So I lived there until I... I was probably about a 19 years old and that's when I decided you know what I I'm gonna move away from Tennessee so I moved to Chicago um, following my husband and I've been here since well it's gonna be 10 years so I moved here around 2012 well I'm, a, I'm almost 30 years so I'm like one year away from being 30 so Dulce, Dulce tell Andrea about uh, what we just talked about <laughs> before because we were just talking about me turning 27 since you're 
in between the 2730 range. Let's see if it if it applies. So you're a pretty astrologically in tune person. So I'm pretty sure you already know this. Are you aware of Saturn's return? Yeah, let me tell you, I remember having a conversation with two amazing friends that I met in grad school. And, and I remember having a conversation with them. And that's where I heard about Saturn's return. And they were telling me about uh, when they went through theirs and how it was. And I was like, oh, gosh, it's like, is it that bad? Is it that good? And so they, they told me it is quite an experience. This is the time where a lot of, I guess, transitions, changes happen in your life. You know, now that I'm going through towards the end of it, I can tell you it is quite an experience. I mean, some people, um, they come out with like something good out of it, you know, new career, new change, new relationships. I mean, it is a transition time. So the only thing I can say is brace yourself for it. <laughs> See, I told you, she knows, she knows. Ceci, have I ever told you what my favorite episode of Glee is? No, you have never told me. Tell me, what is your favorite episode of Glee? My favorite episode is the one where Rachel Berry sings My Headband. Funny that you mentioned headbands. You know, our Etsy shop is open now. You can find us as M-E-N-O-S-M-A-L-M-A-R-K-E-T. That's Menos Mal Market with no space in between. There, you can find one-of-a-kind Latina-made handmade items from upcycled material. We have really cute throw pillows, hand-painted totes, and yes, even headbands. Use code WICKEDWERKAS to get 10% off of your $30 purchase. So Lusa just spoke to us a little bit about her mental health experiences during college and during the pandemic. And why is it that that time, that college years and grad school years are the time when we are really susceptible to all those mental health issues? I don't think we're necessarily susceptible. I think we are more aware of it. I think we become more conscious about our mental health because like growing up with our parents, you know, we also deal with mental health issues. But as kids, there's just so many other things going on. I mean, we have to be parents to our own parents. We have to translate to our family. We have to be the big role model. So there's like other components going on that maybe we're not that fully aware of it because, in you know, we're, we're kids or teens. And so it might not really stand out. But when we're on our own, per se, because we can still live with our parents and going to college, right? But when we're kind of on our own and making decisions for ourselves, we become more aware of it. We become more conscious of like, okay, I'm, I'm dealing with something else of it here. Now I'm really paying attention. Do you think that's the stress that you go through during those times makes it, it's kind of like a pressure cooker, that stress that comes in with it? with school and homework and all of that amplifies it, amplifies whatever mental health issues we're going through at the moment? So I think stress is definitely the foundation of mental health issues that our community faces nowadays. You know, stress can lead into anxiety, can lead into depression and so on and so on if, if you don't take care of it at that moment. We all go through stress in our lives in different ways. Like ever since we're kids, all the way until we die, we experience different types of stress. And it looks like different. So maybe as a child, what you were stressed out about, it's not the same as what stresses you out now. So I think we're at that age, like when we start to go to college, or vocational school or, or starting our first job, whichever way, we come to face 
the realities that our parents have to deal with. Like, you know, now this is our first time we hold our job and money and finances. That's another stress that we didn't have to worry about when we were kids or teens. Let's be honest, the majority of the stress it's through systems of oppression that are beyond our control. We can't change that unless we change the whole system, right? And also the reality of our cultures. I think there's a lot of things that we also face compared to the dominant culture. You know, we have to take care of our younger siblings. We have to help our parents. We have to take roles and responsibilities at a younger age. So there's a lot of like things that we have to learn first so that we can teach our parents so it's kind of like the, the reverse role. So Andrea, now that we know how some of these stressors can be caused, what are some ways that we can help prevent them or solve them a lot easier? I think one of the things that has helped me the most and I'm really grateful and I appreciate is having a group of people, is having a community that I can lean on and support. And I think that is one amazing way of dealing with all these stressful things in life and caring for our mental health. If it wasn't for the amazing group of friends that I have and the amazing support that I have, I think I will be in a different shape. So one of the things I definitely suggest is finding a community of, of people who are in a similar place that can help each other, you know, that we can help one another. I think having a support system is the greatest blessing and greatest thing that one can have. And I'm glad that you brought that up of, you know, there's these extenuating factors that are sometimes feel like are out of our control. I see this a lot. I don't know what part of TikTok I'm in, but I see this a lot of, you know, first generation guilt where they feel guilty when they start having these experiences that maybe, especially in college, I feel like a lot of times that happens in college, they start traveling, they start making more money, they start navigating all these systems that their parents may never be able to. Uh, what would you tell like these college kids that feel that or graduate students that feel that? Yeah, I have definitely experienced that. And what I will say is it is completely valid to feel that. It is okay to to feel that guilt. I, I think one of the things I used to feel was guilty about feeling guilty, you know? And as I went with time, I was like, you know what? Let me sit with that guilt. Let me sit with it. Let me truly feel that. So one of the things I will say, I completely validate your feeling and your experience because you have every right to do so. For me, you know, I think about like going to college and having all these things when I was seeing my parents struggle I will, I will feel guilty doing that. It's like, oh, I'll probably, I should probably just drop it. You know, let me, let me do something else so I can help them. One of the things that helped me as well is remembering what my ancestors went through and how far they worked for to get to where they ended up being at and their hard work and where will they want me to be nowadays, right? And it's like thinking about my ancestors, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not, not just doing this for me. I'm doing that for them, right? Because we come from a culture full of amazing people. I am where I am because of my ancestors. I am where I am because of their work and their intentions of what they wanted future generations to be. And I think that also gives me the strength to continue. I'm done with school right now, but I still feel guilty seeing, like, you know, my parents, seeing my family back in El Salvador and Honduras. And it's like, should I be doing this? But it's like, no, this is also the dreams of my ancestors. Another one that I wanted to touch base on that again involves family is setting boundaries. So as we grow up and go to college, grad school, whatever, 
whatever. We are adults, but sometimes aren't treated like it and maybe doing things that parents disapprove or doing things in a different way. And so I feel like college and, and grad school is one of those times where you really have to get good at setting boundaries. What do you think is the best way to start setting those boundaries, especially with parents? That's a very good question. I think that's something that is always going to be present. And, and I think one of the ways that I have also learned, and I speak from my own experience, is being open to those conversations. I remember being at one point afraid of having to even bring it up to the table or place those boundaries in my families. I think as you start to appreciate your mental health and your well-being in general, you start to realize, you know what, uh, conversations about boundaries are important. It does affect your mental health and your well-being, like uh, your overall well-being. So I think that's what has helped me be open to having these conversations with my family is that it started to affect my my mental health and my well-being. And I was like, you know what, I can't do this because I'm going to end up uh, in a terrible shape. And there's always a fear, you know, who isn't afraid to bring it up to the parents. It's like, oh, look, I need to put this, this boundary or to the families because, you know, traditional families are very strict and you can say something to your parents. So it's okay to be afraid. You know, I think it all starts with a conversation. Hopefully that can open the door. Not to say that it might work, right? Uh, sometimes it takes a couple conversations. I'm still, I'm still in the work in progress with some family members. It takes a while, but one of the things that I remember is the moment you start putting boundaries, yeah, people are going to be upset. But you know why? It's because like you're taking away their power that they have over you and just keep fighting to put those boundaries and not be afraid of having those conversations. And I guess to kind of wrap things up, you talked about how creating community and finding other people like you helps kind of get through it all, especially in the higher education system. For people who have never been to therapy, what would you describe it like? And why do you think therapy is helpful for people in college or in any kind of higher education? system? Uh, one of the simple ways I like to describe therapy for those that, you know, they don't know what it is, or they're afraid to try it, it's a safe place and space for you to talk about anything that might be affecting you in your life. You don't have to have a mental health issue or diagnosis to go to therapy. People go to therapy for many reasons. Sometimes, you know, they're going through a tough situation in life, and they don't have anyone to talk about it to. So there are therapist counselors out there who are willing to help you out and walk with you uh, again as a therapist I tell people I'm here to walk with you in whatever situation you are going through in life whether it's good and bad because you can go to therapy for good things as well and I'm there to walk to help you through to guide you and think of it as get your cafecito your tea we're talking we're in the space I think a lot of people think it's like very doctor wise like you know you go to the doctor and here's all these questions like no we have conversations now there's different types of modalities of therapy you know there's art therapy there's music therapy there's dance therapy there's even yoga involved so there's many other methods of therapy that are used that makes everybody comfortable you know it can be scary but I, I always like suggest and encourage people to try it and especially 
especially in college or grad school, I think it's always important to have someone that you can go to and process things. As a community, we have gone through so many types of trauma, not just individually, but as a collective. So it's always good to process that. You also get to advocate for yourself. Like you get to find out more about how to speak out for you, for yourself and how to find communities that you can create a support system with. Well, thank you so much, Andrea, for talking to us today and giving us these encouraging words. Mental health is something that we always need to support ourselves on and therapy is super important. So thank you so much, Andrea, for being with us. Thank you for having me and thank you for doing this amazing podcast and having like different topics that are important to talk about. As we mentioned, this whole season was about education. This is our last episode for the season, but we do need you to review us and subscribe so make sure to do that and for now stay tuned for our next season if you enjoyed this episode make sure to share it and leave us a review if you have a story you would like to share regarding today's episode email your story at menosmal.goodness at gmail.com for a chance to be featured on an episode to hear more from us head to our blog at www.menos-mal.com this episode was written and edited by your hosts, Dulce Maciel and Cecilia Maciel Martinez. The theme music for this podcast is by Mario Martinez. This has been a Menos Mad podcast.